0: You're listening to a
1: Roddenberry podcast. Welcome to another special edition of Daily Star Trek News. This weekend, I was asked to host not one, but two panels at Trek Talks, an eight hour live stream event to benefit the Hollywood Food Coalition, produced by the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Roddenberry Podcasts. Overall, the event raised over $60,000 for this great cause. So here's the second of the two panels for you to enjoy. And again, be sure to stick around to the end where I'll tell you how to find out more about Hollywood Food Coalition and how you can help them make a difference too. Welcome, everyone, to the second of our two panels today on Trek Talks, and we are focusing on the creative voices that have made Star Trek. My name is Allison Pitt. I'm the host of Daily Star Trek News, and I'm joined today by more of the most influential people who have honed the style of Star Trek that you know and love. So I'm going to go around and introduce them. Uh, first up, we've got Dennis Danger Madalone. He's a stuntman, stunt, stunt coordinator for um, most of Star Trek at this point, uh, and he has the distinction that Memory Alpha credits him with too many characters to list, so that's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Dennis McCarthy, he's a composer for most of the Star Trek episodes that you remember and he won an Emmy for the title theme for Deep Space Nine. Uh, Ronald B. Moore, an Emmy-winning visual effects supervisor who worked on everything from Encounter at Farpoint to These are the Voyages and almost everything in between. Uh, and last but not least, Rick Sternbach, uh, he's an inspirational production designer who is credited with things like the pad, Deep Space Nine, and uh, the USS Voyager. Uh, thank you all for joining me today, and I'm really looking forward uh, to having a fun discussion with you guys. So, for nice um, Yeah, thanks.
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah. So
1: listen, before we started, I had this lovely uh, list of questions that I was going to ask, and then we all started getting talking before we actually started today. Uh, in the green room before we uh, we before we went live, Bill and Dan from Trek Geeks were actually talking about uh, the episode The Visitor, which is one of their favorites, uh, and specifically the soundtrack. Now, um, Dennis, you were talking uh, about uh, your work on the soundtrack for that, and you said something that really caught my ear which was that you said that star trek never tied your hands creatively and they kind of they 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 let you work creatively in your craft so i was wondering if you could tell us that story uh, and uh for all of you what was it like as a creative person working within the star trek universe
0: it was very amazing it's, it's one of the few shows that did not insert music into the picture before the composer saw it And then they expect you to rip it off, follow it, you know, try not to get sued, whatever. Star Trek was one of the very few that said, no, no, no music put in. We'll all talk about it. You know, let's get emotional here. Let's let's make the big hit before the the, the, uh, Klingons blow up. And so that was it. I'd make my notes and go home and there was nothing tying my hands at all. And so we would come to the scoring stage. I'd have my forty, fifty, sixty musicians kept growing as the seasons kept going. And uh, what I would do is I'd count to four and duck guys that play, and uh, you know. And then we go into the booth and listen back and discuss it and say, well, can we make this more emotional? Maybe here you're your stepping on the dialogue. And so I'd run out and say, okay, French horns, don't go, go, or whatever, just to make sure that everybody was happy with the score and uh, so it was it was one of the you know 18 years i did the show it was fantastic and to never have anybody put in a piece of music and say we want it, we want you to emulate this it was a marvelous experience i mean with other shows i did it one season of dawson's creek until they realized how old i was and uh, so and all <laughs> we walked into that show and every single second of the show was covered with the temp temporary music and you better follow so it took about half the excitement out of it. it's just a lot of the things you want to do, you just couldn't do, you were limited.
1: Now, in the last panel, we actually talked about how um, that every department uh, that was creating Star Trek ha- had absolute trust in all the, the rest of the departments. Uh, was that your experience as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. The music editors, Jerry Sackman, Steve Rowe, fantastic people. And uh, everybody—the the mixers on the stage, the musicians themselves, uh, Peter, you know, Lawrence, and, and all of our directors and producers who came in—everybody contributed, and everybody had something wonderful to add. It was there was never any negativity. I mean, it was it was a, an astonishing 18 years. I wish it was still going wonderful.
3: on. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I miss it. Um, so, uh, along the same lines uh, uh, from before. Uh, so, Dennis, danger. Should I call you Danger?
4: Yeah, <laughs> Danger. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, Danger. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we were talking in the other in a, another panel about the creation of the batleth. and um, and I wanted to ask you, as a stunt person, as somebody who kind of was one of the first to actually use the batleth as it was sort of intended. Wh- what what was it like taking so uh, along that same themes of the trusting different teams, you're taking someone else's creation and then you have to use it, build on it, and create your own connection with it, too. Can you tell me more about that?
4: Yeah, that's that's a funny story because we were in a production meeting when Dan Curry showed, you know, the prototype of this bat lift, And if you look at it, it's, you know, it's awkward and it's got scan <laughs> over on each end. Right. And I didn't want to say nothing. I just kept quiet and I'm thinking to myself, this weapon is just not going to work. You know, it's just weird looking. And uh, and so that's what I was thinking. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to. So the meeting's over and Dan hand me the weapon and I took it home and I started spinning it and turn and and striking and blocking and hooks and a few other cool moves that Dan showed me. And then the next day I saw Dan, I was like, man, this is the greatest weapon, this is fantastic. So I went from like, really, to really, this is great. And so I always tell a story that this weapon didn't look like you could do much with it. And we did so many cool moves with it, had so many, it was just a non-ending, you know, battle with this, with the bat lift. So I always thank Dan for coming up with a challenge but it uh, it just was super cool.
1: Did you know at the time uh, that that was going to be such a important symbol of you know the Klingon culture, and it's one of the most instantly recognizable um, symbols uh, of Star Trek? Did you know that at the time?
4: No, no, I didn't know. I, it was just the beginning of the bat lift, and uh, I. It just kept showing up and showing up. And before I know it, we're on, you know, TNG doing battles. We're on uh, D Space Nine, humongous battles with bat lifts. And it was just, uh, you know, it's just one of a kind weapon that comes along. And uh, it just ended up being, you know, I don't know, Dan just hit it on the money. It was golden.
1: And that's actually sort of a, a broader thing that I'm always interested to, to talk to creative people like all of yourselves. Um, y- when you start working with something like Star Trek, are you, I mean, I think most of you, by the time you started, knew that Star Trek was a thing. Were you aware that it would become such a big thing? And um, were you aware that your role in it would be so formative and end up being so, you um, important to how the the, the franchise would evolve. Um, Ronald, I'll, I'll put that question to you. Were you aware at the time when you started getting involved with Star Trek, w- what it would become?
3: Um, I had come out, of, I, I was a Star Trek fan of the original series. I remember watching it when it was first released. So I was a fan and when the opportunity came up for me to come on the show so early, um, I was thrilled. But in all honesty, uh, I just remember going in and watching the first set of dailies I saw. And I saw uh, Jordy in the glasses and then Picard. And frankly, I figured right then I better start working on my resume, you know, being no. an old fan. And that just, that just goes to show you how little I know, you know. Because, you know, as it started to get to roll, um, what a thrill. I mean... You know what an amazing experience just the, the people there, but it was different and none of us like change, and so to see these things. Uh, without you know it, it was just an interesting interesting time to get started on it, but uh, what it grew into was uh, unbelievable.
2: Well, you know, yeah. I, I, you know I, was, I. I was I uh, was you know I was in high school when uh, when the original track was on the air. And I, you know, I, I grew up watching science fiction movies and TV shows and things. And I looked at this and I said, this is different. Th- you know, this is this is something really interesting.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: fast forward to 1974, I got to meet Gene Roddenberry at a screening of the cage at Yale University. Okay. I, I was already working in, in the New York publishing market as an illustrator. But I saw a little thing in the paper: Gene Roddenberry is coming to New Haven, and I got to meet him. And fast forward again, 1978. Four more years. Um, I ended up on Star Trek the Motion Picture, so that's where I started to to get into the the visual style of Trek, and I love the dog, <laughs> um, and. Uh, uh, you know i i i split my creative time between uh real uh, spacecraft and astronomical things and science fiction and trek became a huge part of of you know my my stylistic language and and you know working with with uh, the folks on on uh, the motion picture and um you know, starting again, our next generation. Uh, it was like, these guys are old school. They understand this stuff. They're trusting us to help with the the, the props and, and the spacecraft designs. And, um, you know, I was there for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you so you you kind of had a sense of the, how big this was? Um, did you ever at any point look at what you were doing and what you were part of and go, I have no idea what I'm doing here?
2: Uh, <laughs> Does that ever no. crossed your mind? No, no, fortunately, no. I mean, there were times when, OK, we had to have something uh, ready for shooting the next morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: So, yeah, some of us worked overnight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah. we, we never we we never uh um uh, you know we, we never were were frightened by the process um you know um i i got to i got to work with you know like the sign shop and the carpentry mill and uh, you know getting to learn all of the other crafts getting to to, to interact with them um Because you know, as I love to tell people, every ten working days we were into a new episode. Bang, bang, bang.
3: Yeah, (laughs) and and maybe three at a time.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Prepping, shooting,
4: post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, second unit. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. You 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 didn't have time to stop and wonder. Sounds (laughs) like
4: (laughs) I I have this really shitty job. I have to come in and break up the party. It's like, uh, which I hate, because I would- No,
1: you were invited to the party.
4: I was invited to the party to break <laughs> up the party. In.
1: Yes. Like the Fed,
4: as they say, just the party gets going, the Fed comes and takes the punch bowl away. Uh, thank you all so much for your huge contributions down the years, for making this franchise what it is, for being here today to support the Hollywood Food Coalition. I, I can't thank you enough. Um, all of our clients, all of our staff, all of our board, a smooch to you all.
1: Once again, thank you to all of the panelists today and, of course, the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Roddenberry Podcasts for inviting me to be a part of this event. To watch the entire event back for yourself and to find out how you can contribute to the Hollywood Food Coalition, just head over to trektalks.net. That's trektalks.net. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another roundup of the week's biggest Star Trek news. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long.